series, and uh, it's going to be an interesting series. How many people do we have in here right now that work in some form of the medical field, any form of the medical field? We got one, two, three, four, five, so we got at least five. Some people online, you're probably watching or listening, you work in the medical field, well, no doubt you know more than I do, but... Um, I want to talk about something interesting tonight. So humor me as I give a few instructions. And uh, I know, I apologize, they're working. We had a little glitch in the computer. Um, I think they switched to a, a PC or something. So there's probably, it's probably an issue. So once they get the, I know some of you like to give, and, and they'll, they'll throw that slide up there randomly at some point if you're watching online or here tonight, and you'll see there's text to give, options, all that. So they'll throw that up when they get the PC up and running. So it should be ready by the end of service. Um, but uh, I'm apostolic. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Foster jinxed him when he sent me an article this last week about why my Android's better than your iPhone. And I sent him back a scripture that said, Mark, and avoid them that teach contrary to what you've been taught. Humor me as I give some instructions tonight. Do me a favor. Don't be afraid. I know this is awkward, but go ahead and close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Okay? I'm already testing your faith and trust right now. If you're driving, by the way, and listening online, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. We're not talking to you at this moment. Go ahead and open them now. Kids are already pumped down here. You hear that? Now begin to wiggle your foot and your toes. Okay. Now cup your hand over your ear like this. You hear that seashell phenomenon? Now stretch out your left arm and bend it again. And bend it like this. Now rub your fingertips like this across your skin. This has nothing to do with my message. I just want to see if anybody would listen. <laughs> I'm kidding. It totally has something to do with my message. But I had, to, I had to mess with you a little bit. Without even thinking about it, <clears throat> there are six muscles that move your eye. When you wiggled your toes, you moved small bones in your foot that are half the width of a pencil, yet strong enough to support your weight while walking. When you experience the seashell phenomenon, you're actually hearing the sound of blood cells rushing through the capillaries of your head. And you, as you stretched out your left arm, a chorus of muscle cells began expanding and contracting in concert to make that motion. As you rubbed your fingertips across your hand or your arm, 450 touch cells that are packed into every one inch square of your skin began to send you a message, even, even through your clothes, go like this. You can even feel it through your clothes. Touch cells begin to send a message to your brain. Inside of your body, a multitude of specialized cells in your stomach, spleen, liver, pancreas, and kidneys are all working so efficiently right now that you don't even know, you're not even aware of their presence. All while the fine hairs of your inner ear, yeah, we all got hairy ears. 
They monitor a swishing fluid ready to alert you if you're off balance. Anyone have an ear infection ever where you just were totally off balance? It's a great feeling, huh? Each day, we all live at the mercy of organisms that are one trillionth our size. Every single day, we live at the mercy of organisms that are one trillionth our size. Folks, David nailed it. When he wrote in one of his psalms, he said in Psalm 139, 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And he didn't even know, he didn't even know half of what we know through science now. Everything points to an intelligent, incredible creator. In King James Version, it states it like this. Verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that, that my soul knoweth right well. Tonight, we're going to launch into this series. I've never done anything like this series. We're going to look at at the body, and we will reflect at how the body actually is a reflection of the image of God. I certainly am no expert, but I was studying this book entitled, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, The Marvel of Bearing God's Image. It's written by a world-renowned doctor and believer named Dr. Paul Bland and a Christian author named Philip Yancey. That's the cover, um, and so I give credit to them, and if you have time, read it. It's very intriguing. And in it, a medical expert points out the amazing plan that, uh, that God's design has for us as a body. And so today we want to start fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus, God, thank you so much for every person who's here in person, watching online, maybe going to watch or listen later. Lord, I pray that the, the word that we look at tonight, it sets a foundation for where we're going and everything that we're going to look at, because we're not only thankful for your word, but we're thankful that of every intricate part of our bodies, you did such an amazing job, and you are such an amazing creator. Lord, in your name we pray, amen. Dr. Bland wrote another book entitled The Gift of Pain. It's kind of interesting. I don't really know about many people that look, as pain, look at pain as a gift, but in his book, he had a unique and maybe somewhat bizarre point of view. While most of us avoid pain, Dr. Bland in his book thanks God for pain. He said, what a powerful, power-packed quote. He said, pain brings awareness. He wrote this after working with thousands and thousands of leprosy patients whose disease made them no longer be able to feel or experience pain. My wife and I have come to understand more about the body and our systems and processes since our youngest son, Titus, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 3, just over two years ago in December of 2018. It was, it was devastating. It was a devastating reality to watch part of our body, part of a body die. In type 1 diabetic, in a type 1 diabetic body, it is an autoimmune disease. It's not like type 2, and I couldn't have told you the difference a few years ago. Type 2, you know, can control with pills and diet and weight and things like that. Um, type 1 is an autoimmune disease where the body attacks itself 
and the pancreas stops working altogether. Unless the Lord steps in at some point, Titus will be on insulin. He'll be insulin dependent for as long as he's alive. Now, I do thank God, though, that we noticed the body's initial response. Because Titus had never drank much at night, and he came out of diapers and never wet the bed. It was, it was amazing. It was wonderful. He did such a great job. Well, then all of a sudden, he started, Mom, I'm thirsty. Dad, I want water. So we give him water, and he would wet the bed. We're like, Titus, so then you can't drink that much at night. No, I'm sorry, buddy. You drink, you're not going to drink that much right before bed, like many parents would say. Well, then he, he would see his mouth so dry. So we'd get him some water, and he'd wet the bed. It was happening so frequently after a few nights, I said to Jackie, I said, something's not right. Something's not right. And so, um, so we knew something wasn't right. So when, when we got to the doctor, a normal blood sugar for an adult is 70 to 130 is, is where your blood sugar, your pancreas, pancreas is regulating your blood sugar right now, and it's sitting somewhere between 70 to 130. Um, Titus was over 1,000. So they, uh, I had a meeting here, and she had called me and said, they just diagnosed him. We have to go right to Children's Mercy. We didn't know. We thought. We, like, showed up, and they're, like, moved us to the front of the line. There's people there. So you're, like, eh. And then there's, they're tell telling us how our room is going to be ready momentarily. And we're, like, are we staying overnight? And they looked at us and was, like, you're going to be here a couple of nights. And instantly the next morning, teams of doctors come in and start training you on how to keep your child alive. But... Um, it changes your life instantly. But here's what the doctor said. He said that typically when someone has a blood sugar of over 1,000, you're either looking at possibly dio uh, DKA is what they call it, or and you're heading right to ICU, you could even possibly death. And so the fact that we, he was drinking so much water, his body was screaming to give me water, and it was flushing ketones from his bloodstream, which is basically, you get so much ketones in your bloodstream, and it's poison that kills you. And so, often you'll go right to ICU, and they, they said, they told us we've never had someone with a blood sugar that high that didn't go right to ICU, and we never stepped foot in ICU. Number one, thank God. Number two, he was drinking so much and flushing the ketones, that is what kept him normal because other than drinking and, and going to the bathroom in the bed he was you would you would have never noticed the difference other than the fact that he was a little bit wild and crazy we were wondering if we were terrible parents he's still a little wild and crazy at times but nothing like what he was and so um but his body was speaking a message and so as much as i hate diabetes and i and i and i wish that god would heal him absolutely i'm thankful for the body's message to us that allowed us to see that there was a problem. And so um, we're thankful for that. But we're, 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 we're all created in the image of God. Now, in these days, image is viewed a lot differently. Today, an athlete will use Twitter to develop their image. They will hire, uh, companies will hire a public relations firm to protect their image or develop their image. Uh, you look through the years, uh, aspirin, I think there was like cyanide in it at one time, and they had to come out and they hired a firm to, to re repair their image. And so, there comes the rain. So, <laughs> companies that have accidents or tragedies will hire a public relations firm. Politicians will hire someone to protect their image. But biblically, it's different. Genesis 1.27 says, so God 
created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, created he them. Among all the earthly creatures that God spoke into existence, only humanity has the image of God. But how can visible humanity express a likeness to God who is an invisible spirit? How do we have that image when he's an invisible spirit? Well, think of it. We share with animals a body that is composed of bone, organs, muscle, fat, and skin. Some people will say we evolved from them over billions of years. Listen, I might not be attractive, but I'm better looking than an ape, okay? I don't buy that, all right? So if we're honest, though, we fall short of some of the abilities of some animals. A horse easily outruns us. A hawk sees far better than we can see. A dog detects odors and sounds imperceptible to us. Dogs so much, I just referenced diabetics, type 1 diabetics. You can actually train dogs to be a diabetic dog and sniff their lows and their highs and come and bark to you when blood sugar is dropping. It's incredible. You ever hear someone say, he's a spitting image of his father. Anybody ever heard that? I heard that several times in Wisconsin about my son Jude. Everybody, he walks like him. His frame is like him. He's just like him. And so we, we, we hear that. And what does that mean? Well, like a growing child absorbs traits and genes from his parent, we also can take on God's qualities, not just physically, but spiritually. We can take on character from his spirit when we're filled with his spirit and we walk in his spirit. And the Bible says the fruit of his spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So in our, in our walk, in our lives, we can start to, oh, wow, he's a spitting image of his father. Oh, she's a spitting image of her father because we have characteristics, not just the visible body. And so it's, it's really a supreme mystery that God's chosen to convey his likeness through millions of ordinary people like us. And we don't just bear his image individually, though. We also bear his image corporately as a body. Just like we started this lesson talking about the functions of the body all working together. As we sit here tonight, the Apostle Paul writes and compares the church to a human body. So you're, you're, you're like, wow, this is, this, there's so much depth here. And we're going to get into this over the next few weeks. But our body is fearfully and wonderfully made. But our body and its intricate parts reflect the body of Christ in, 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 in God's will for our lives. But also this body, this church that we're a part of, Paul, Paul starts to talk about the church corporately as a whole in comparison to a body. And look what he says in 1 Corinthians 12. The human body has, so, has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. Notice he's writing to a church who have been baptized in the name of Jesus and have received his spirit. These are people, he's not, he's not preaching salvation. These are people who have experienced salvation. And, and that's why you don't just join. You know, a lot of times in churches we think, well, we just join a church. You sign on the dotted line. But the way the New Testament lines it out. It's, it's saying we're born into a church and we're born again. And how are we? Well, when we're, when we're baptized and filled with his spirit, we all share this same spirit. 
Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Let's look at that different. If everybody wanted to stand in the pulpit and preach, what does that church look like? If everybody wanted to clean the church and nobody wanted to preach, we would have the cleanest building known to humankind. But we wouldn't. We would just sit on clean pews and look at an empty pulpit. If everybody wanted to preach and clean and nobody wanted to sing, we would have no music. We would have no. So you see this, and, and that's where, you know, people say, well, I just don't feel like I'm a part. Well, he's comparing it to a body. So that's why right now what you should all do is you should just grab some in, in his little pinky nail. You should just rip it off. Just take, just rip your pinky nail off right now. Just go ahead. It's just a little worthless nail. You will find how important every single part of your body is. Quickly, quickly you will find that out. And so how strange it would be if the body only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Think of how many body parts that you have that are tiny things, even internal organs, that are so critical, so crucial to your health. In fact, it says in, in the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. We are called in Scripture as one body with different parts and different backgrounds to care for one another. If one part suffers... All parts suffer with it. I just made the, the joke about your nail. Right now, if you rip this nail off your pinky, you'd survive. You'd drive home. You'd be fine. Your feet can be in great shape. Your back can feel amazing. Your neck can feel wonderful. But there's one thing that's going to be on your mind for the rest of the night and the next several days. Oh, my Lord, my finger hurts so bad. And there's a message exploding into my brain over and over again. I can't focus on anything else because my fingernail just got ripped off because some moron pastor told me to rip it off. And so that would be going through your head over and over and over again. But this is, this is the way this body works, but it's also the way he calls this body to work. Even the design of our very bodies reflects Christ's plan in our lives for the world, not just individually, but corporately in the church setting. This community of believers that uh, we are a part of is likened to a body more than 30 times in the New Testament alone. The church, this corporate body that we are a part of, just in the New Testament, more than 30 references to it being a body. 
So God brings us together and he makes us one. And the, the church is the most beautiful intersection, the most beautiful blending of two concepts, diversity and unity. It's, it's, it's the most beautiful thing because God makes us one body. But as Paul states, we are all individuals and we have different functions. And so how many of you right now would say, you know what? I might not even be a part of the praise team, but I love to sing. Maybe I haven't sang here yet, but I love to sing. Raise your hand. Everybody look around. Raise your hand. Some of you are afraid because like Sister Jackie, she's going to go and ask you to be a part of the praise team. No, no, just don't. Don't worry. Just raise your hand. If you say, I love to sing, raise your hand. Okay? Now, how many of you, okay? Now, those of you that stand, we're going to sing. Get stand. No, I'm just kidding. Um, those of you now are, that are sitting there, or, and if you're online, please join in. Say, I love to sing. Let us know. Make a comment. We want, we, we want your interaction. Even though we can't see your face, you can see us. Well, you can see me, at least. So, uh, how many of you are like, you would never, unless the angel Gabriel came and spoke to me, I will never set, step foot on that platform, hold a microphone, and sing in front of another human being ever in my life. Raise your hand if that's you. All right. It is interesting because some of the same people that said I love to sing are raising their hand for the second thing. That's all right. Okay. How many of you are like, you know what? I think I could put together a thought and stand in this pulpit, and I feel like I could deliver a succinct thought that might help someone. Raise your hand if that's you. Okay. Great. How many of you, if, if, if I said, hey, I want you to speak next week, you would miss service for the next six weeks and just would not come to church? All right. <laughs> See, we're all different. <laughs> we're, we're all different. Who here takes a rotation and you take turns and you're on a rotation to help clean this facility? Okay. And many of us, we don't, we don't know who these people are, but if we walked in and the building was in shambles, we'd be like, what's going on with this place? Right? And so... It's safe to say that we're all individuals, different functions, different personalities, and it's safe to say God loves diversity. He absolutely loves it. It's the way he created seasons, our bodies, intricate parts. It's the way he created skin colors and ethnic backgrounds. He, he, he loves diversity. He made, I mean, God made several Thou hundred thousand, several hundred thousand species of just beetles alone. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Any, 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 and the hairs on our head are numbered. That's impressive, more impressive for others than some. But, I mean, he could, he could name them all. Oh, yeah, that's that beetle. That's that beetle. Can you imagine a thousand beetles? Every, all different species. God loves diversity. Think about the wonder of diversity. In tropical Asia, people drink hot tea and munch on blistering peppers to keep cool. Japanese prefer their ice cream fried and their fish raw. Westerners puzzle over, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, puzzle over the common Indian custom of marriages arranged by parents. 
but many Indians gasp at anyone entrusting such a decision to false romantic love. So once my kids get older, I'm moving to India. I just want you to know. <laughs> I'm going to do a good job picking. I told, I told my kids, sometimes we'll go visit friends. We were just in Wisconsin. And every once in a while, even some of you I've said this to, I said, man, you know, like if you have a, dog, a son that's like, 12 to 15, or if you have like a daughter that's like, you know, 7 to 10, or a daughter that's like 3 to 7, something like that, you know, I'm going, hey, raise a good child, raise, raise a godly child. So I'm praying for you as your pastor, but I'm praying for multiple reasons, okay? You see, God calls us with all of our diversity and uniqueness to come together as one body. Just like a toe is different than an ear and an eye different than a pancreas. Each is needed but still unique. In sickle cell anemia or leukemia, the malfunction of a single type of cell can result in death. If the cells assigned to keep kidney filters in repair fail, a person will soon die of toxic poisoning. These targeted diseases prove something. The body needs each of its members in order to thrive. The body needs each of our members to thrive. And that is the exact same way in the church. Because I feel God bringing, just kind of dealing with me about a season of what he's going to be doing and some of the plans for this upcoming future. And in order for this church to thrive, we cannot have half the church doing work and others enjoying the fruit of that. We have to have every single member functioning and saying, I'm a part if you're here to say, I've only been here a few weeks, I, I don't really know everybody's name yet, and, and I don't, listen, we believe that God has called us to function and to serve, and so there are going to be opportunities all over, you'll hear in the next several weeks and months, about you having an opportunity to serve, because in order for the body to thrive, every member has to function. And so never once in my life, never once, not one time, I mean, like, I was going to go to school to be a dentist, and I lasted one semester because I hate sciences. I love science, the, what it does, I, I, the class, and chemistry, and figuring out formulas, and biology. It's so weird because it's not concrete enough, but yet it's the most concrete thing in the world almost, you know, like, but yet in my brain, like molecules and elements and cells, I'm just like, you know what, I'd rather, you know, I, I've said this before, instead of looking in someone's mouth for a living, I decided to use mine. But you look at science, and, and, and I never once in my life thought about my pancreas. I didn't. There's not a day that I ever woke up and was like, pancreas is feeling good today. Thank God for my pancreas. 
morning prayer. I don't walk around and go, oh, Heavenly Father, great God, I love you, Lord. And I just want to say thank you for the pancreas. I don't, I don't, I never ever in my life thought about that until December 11, 2018. Now, there's not one day that goes by that I'm not fully aware of the pancreas. Because my son's is dead. Doesn't work. And so we are his pancreas at this point. And so, now... Like each, this, each member has a role in the body of Christ. Some are visible. Some are behind the scenes. Some are visible. Some are behind the scenes. And so the minute you say, well, nobody notices me. I'm not needed. You're wrong. And it's a biblical model of what we follow. That's why we must not wait until a member is gone or failing before we're thankful they exist. Because now, if you're here, you should be thankful for your pancreas. Or else you'd be taking multiple shots a day and watching carbs and having highs and lows and it's dangerous and not fun. But thank God for your pancreas. Well, that's, we don't want to wait till it's gone or it doesn't work or it's fallen or failed before we're thankful. And so that's why here it's so crucial that we celebrate Sunday school teachers, security team, musicians, preachers, cleaners, those who serve in guest relations, technology, people who make VIP breakfasts. Pantry volunteers. And I could sit here and just go. All the different ministries that this church offers, but not just inside the walls. People who go out during the week and facilitate small groups and teach Bible studies and make disciples and meet people for coffee and take late night phone calls to help make disciples. It's not just what we do inside the four walls of the church. A church is not a building, a church is you. You're the body of Christ. You're unique. You're called to be a part of this one body, but in doing so, that is not a call to lose your uniqueness and what makes you who you are. Man, I don't want to go to a church where everyone has my same talents and my same weaknesses. You will drive me crazy and I'll drive you crazy. I don't want to go to a church where everybody dresses the exact same way. I don't want to go to a church. Could you imagine going to the Memorial Day picnic and everyone just like hamburgers and fries and that's it? Like, hey, what do you guys got to eat? Well, it's burgers and fries. What else? Well, that table has burgers and fries and that table has burgers and fries. I don't want to. No way. I don't want to go. I want to laugh that somebody's going to eat a roasted pig head like a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> if you're not here, this is Caesar roasted a pig head. Man, oh man. I like meat, but man, that's pushing it. No thanks. See, it's uniqueness, the intricacies of the body. 
It's calling for us to come together, born again of the same Father. Taking on his name, his spirit, baptized in his name, taking on his spirit, being filled with his spirit, and being made one body. It's different parts, but working together. And that's the way Paul describes this. So your body right now, as heart is pumping and blood is flowing and thoughts are thinking, you're, you're, you're intrigued and deeply analyzing every word that I'm speaking tonight. In every message. And most of you go back many times and listen to all past messages. <laughs> just up here, just up here fantasizing about what goes on. I just so we our brain is working, our bodies are working, our muscles, our, our bones, our structure, our inner your pancreas is doing things, and your heart's doing things, and your liver's doing things, your kidneys are doing things. Without you even thinking. Sometimes that happens in church. We just show up on Sunday and we're like, man, that's awesome. The praise team showed up. The building ended up being clean. Somebody had my kids. And the sound is working and we only notice it when the screen goes off. We're like, yeah, that thing just magically appears. All of a sudden it disappears. Like, what? Who's doing what? Like a pancreas. Pancreas is there. It stops working. What? What's a pancreas? And and all of a sudden, literally, you get there, and we check into a room, and the next morning at 8 in the morning, somebody comes in and starts teaching you about your own body and the function that you just lost. Man, so our body was created in the image of God, and it points to his plan. But this body also coincides with this body. And all these intricate parts work together. We're more, church, we're more than tendons, muscles, hair follicles, nerve cells, and skin cells. Each one of us has been handcrafted by God. That's why I just, there's no way, there's no way I can believe in evolution. There's no way that I can believe in Big Bang Theory and that things just came to exist. Every single function of the earth, every function of our bodies points to an intelligent creator who had a plan and who was intricately intricately involved in every step of the process of every part of our body. And that's why Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Your God knew you. He knows you. He designed you. He created you. And folks, that's why we're looking at this series. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Would you stand to your feet tonight? And let's just, if it's up here, if it's right there, I just think that we can, we just, just close out this first session with just, just finding a place to pray. Sometimes on Principles for Life, it's like, go do this, go change this, conviction, response. This is one of those messages where we're just like, wow, God, thank you so much. Thank you for every, and you know, if you have a body part, that has stopped working. If you talk to someone that is, is unable to walk, has lost sight, has lost vision, has lost function of pancreas, whatever. I mean, like, you realize that, wow, there's an, a huge element of your life that's now missing, and it can be very sad. But yet, you, you, you don't want to take for granted just all this, wow, how, how many things are functioning right now? 
from here all the way through to my brain, like how many nerves and muscles and tendons. and I mean, it's just, we're so fearfully and wonderfully made. But I also look at a church when I come in and I say, how many things are functioning right now to make this happen? She's playing. You got a live stream, sound, projection. You have people downstairs investing in your kids. People investing in babies. People that opened the door for us, that put water in a cooler. That deposited money in the bank so we could pay bills that keep these lights on. Like, there's people that are making sure the building and our kids are safe and secure. People who have ran background checks on children's ministry volunteers to ensure that we're, our children are safe. All the intricate details of the body of Christ. People who are teaching Bible studies right now and making disciples and teaching people about the word of God and how powerful and alive it is in their homes. And you don't even know yet because some people in those Bible studies have yet to step foot in the doors of this church. But right now, someone's making a disciple. And I'm so thankful for that because the church, not just the church at 1315 Nashville Road. And so as we look at our bodies and we think about the body, we just have a lot to be thankful for. And so as you find a place to pray tonight, I think we should do it with just a grateful heart. Let's find a place. Jesus, thank you, God, for making us just fearfully and wonderfully made. God, thank you for every function of our body. Lord, and even functions that don't work, it's so awesome. And I know we serve a divine healer who can restore and replenish, renew, set free, heal, bring life to death, Lord. Even in my son, I know that a pancreas that's dead can be brought to life because you brought whole bodies to life. So there's always hope. But Lord God, we even churches that seem to be dead, Lord, in America, you can restore them. You can bring life. God, we're so thankful. Not only for our physical body, Lord, but for the, the spiritual body of the church. Thank you that we get to be a part of this awesome structure that you've called us to. You're the one who welcomes sinners, and you open blinds.